Hello and welcome to Cool Time Life. I'm your host, Steve Prentice. Here's what you need to know about this podcast series. Each of our Cool Time Life podcasts focuses on a topic dealing with people, productivity, and technology, and each contains short units offering ideas and facts you probably need to know about to thrive in today's busy world. An index of our podcasts, who I am, as well as subscription information, is available at steveprentice.com under the podcast tab. Whenever I give a presentation or a speech, I always start out by giving the Twitter hashtag for the event. This is not merely an act of housekeeping, it's also a teaching moment that starts with crickets. Yes, the sound of silence. A room full of blank faces when I ask the assembled audience how many of them use Twitter as a daily tool of professional development. Out of a room of a few hundred, I might get a dozen hands that go up. So I ask why, and the answer is usually, well, I've got nothing to say. Or there's already someone on our department who does the tweeting for us. Or even, Twitter is passe. It's Instagram now. Those are good answers, yes. In fact, there should be only one person in charge of tweeting on behalf of a company or department, and social media outlets like Instagram have their place. But that overlooks two of the three main benefits of using Twitter. People assume it's just for outbound activity, sending notes and opinions out to the world, but that's only useful if you have an established audience. That's why celebrities and politicians use it. But there's a far more valuable use of Twitter that often goes overlooked, and that has to do with inbound information. When properly tuned, Twitter is an excellent tool for keeping up to speed on what's going on in your business, the facts and developments that you need to know. Yes, Twitter is awash with garbage and hate. That's very sad, and it says a lot about people in general. But inbound Twitter is an ideal tool for lifelong learning. Lifelong learning is just what it sounds like. You keep learning every day of your life. Now, that's not a new concept, but for many of us, such an idea paints pictures of having to go back to school, take formalized courses, and write formalized exams and papers to get formalized degrees. These are all still good, of course, but in between those events, other things are still happening. Industry news, innovations, events, opportunities. Being aware of these developments in real time is what gives people an edge or even a lifeline. How else can you know what else you need to know? It doesn't matter if you never send an outbound tweet ever. Maybe you don't need to. But by following a handful of carefully chosen experts and checking your Twitter feed once per day, you will receive vital, career-enhancing knowledge without having to wade through all the garbage. The other reason I promote the Twitter hashtag at my sessions is that it allows me to talk about its service as a shared knowledge base, something that can and should also later be translated into an internal intranet-based tool. When I have a group of people in front of me, there is bound to be someone with something valuable to contribute, maybe a thought, an idea, a resource, like a link to a website or online article or video. But they are unwilling to speak up. Oftentimes, the quietest ones are the ones with the most profound observations. By tweeting a comment or link using the event's hashtag, every participant, even those who are not there, are able to read ideas and suggestions from the people they don't yet follow by simply searching for that common hashtag online. This use of Twitter hashtags is a public activity using a public, non-confidential forum, yes, but it represents a powerful way of sharing information and building on synergies that more and more people find more appealing than out loud dialogue. It is the wiki approach, a shared knowledge base built out of the contributions of many. Now, as powerful as shared knowledge through hashtags is for public events, it also highlights the power of internal wikis that every company should embrace. 
I come from an age, not that long ago, where policies and procedures were stored in vinyl binders, updated every quarter or so by a new raft of three-hole-punched papers intended to replace the older ones. It's all we had at the time, and their quality and relevance were dependent on the person or consultant who wrote them. But when an organization takes on the wiki knowledge-based mindset, capitalizing on the interaction and ubiquitous access that Twitter and Wikipedia offer, the collective wisdom and experience of a wider swath of employees is tapped, and that's a significant development. People may not always be willing to speak up, but they are often more willing to both contribute and learn when given the chance. Centralized knowledge bases give people a renewed opportunity to learn new skills, reaffirm procedures and best practices by enabling employees to look it up online, to read a short article or watch a quick video. Having a wiki means updates to knowledge bases can happen quickly, helping ensure that no one is referring to an outdated copy of a policy or procedure that has been sitting in a binder for years. This, again, is digital literacy. Centralizing knowledge, taking full advantage of the accessibility of online material and ensuring the right message gets through. An additional benefit of digital literacy comes from social media in general, which is why many employers and HR departments will routinely scan the social media sites of employees and candidates like Facebook and Instagram, not to snoop, but to better understand the passion that drives employees. For example, imagine that you discovered through Instagram that one of your employees was a passionate weekend scuba diver and, in addition, is certified to teach scuba diving. What relevance would that have to the job that he or she currently has? Some might note that somebody with these passions might be a natural leader with the brains to learn complex procedures and the abilities to teach and lead others. But that might not be obvious as a line item on a CV or even on a LinkedIn page. The potential within every employee needs new avenues to reveal itself. People who make hiring decisions take a huge risk. The cost of attracting, onboarding, and training an employee is huge. Knowing more about who they are and what makes them tick, or more precisely how they can best fit into a company culture, is of enormous value. And the information is right there. In many cases, I would say that 90% of an employee's potential goes unseen, untapped, and unappreciated. This is serious, especially given the career mobility that professionals of all ages now recognize. People know that there's something else out there, something more fulfilling. It's up to HR hiring managers to ensure they know fully and completely who they have at their disposal and where their passions truly lie. Finally, there is the vital component of corporate survival, critical thinking. The experts who research and discuss the future of work regularly describe the skills that employers will be looking for, the skills that people will need more and more in the months and years to come. This is especially prescient as artificial intelligence and machine learning take over many parts of many types of jobs and professions. These skills are very human in nature, not surprisingly. They include, but are not limited to, critical thinking and empathy. People in general are becoming increasingly emotionally disconnected the more their technologies actually connect them. Think, for example, how many of us would prefer to send an email or a text than pick up the phone and talk live out of fear of what? Time being wasted? The fear of confrontation? Social awkwardness? Disinterest? Well, these aforementioned skills, critical thinking and empathy, are coming into high demand very quickly. Here are just two examples. First, critical thinking as it applies to phishing. Phishing, P-H-I-S-H-I-N-G, and spear phishing emails are getting much more sophisticated. Cybercriminals have figured out ways to mimic the web pages and the two-factor authentication techniques that we have started to rely on as a defense. 
The truth is that any and every communication that an employee at any level might have, whether with an outside agent like a supplier, customer or job applicant, or even with an internal colleague, must be suspect. That colleague's email might not actually be from that colleague after all. This is why data breaches are so scary. Impersonation of people is easy once the bad guys have access to the types of personal data that accounts use for verification. So that's one reason why critical thinking is so important, the need not to trust anyone. The need to second-guess each email when it arrives and the need not to click out of reflex. These all confirm critical thinking as an essential skill in just that area alone, if only to keep the company safe. Then there's empathy. As one of a collection of social interaction skills, these will come into greater focus as more and more people choose to use video conferencing and telepresence as their ideal method of communication. Video conferencing means body language, facial gestures and eye contact will re-establish their prominence in the art of human interaction. Being self-aware is equally as important as being aware of the body language in others when you can see them through high-definition video. Some people shy away from this technology for those very reasons, but as video conferencing technology becomes more ubiquitous, it will become the norm in the same way that email replaced physical mail all those years ago. So in conclusion, digital literacy is not just about knowing how to install and use an app. It's about understanding how to parse information and non-information from an infinitely growing ocean of data. It's about finding meaning and delivering meaning through an understanding of just how these technologies work and how they affect and influence people. It's fitting in a way to see humanity become the primary skill in a world dominated by technology. So, there you have it. That's our podcast on digital literacy as a critical survival skill. If you have a comment about the show or a question you would like answered in a future episode, please let me know. You can drop me a line through the contact form at steveprentice.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Prentice, S-T-E-V-E-N-P-R-E-N-T-I-C-E. If you like what you hear, please consider subscribing and leaving a review. And if you really like what you hear, you can actually help support us with a small donation of $1, 2 or $5 via PayPal. And thank you very much to all those who have already done so. The connection to that is at steveprentice.com under the podcast tab. The theme music for Cool Time Life was obtained through podcastthemes.com. And until next time, I'm Steve Prentice. Thanks for listening. Thank you.